0: Welcome to All Things Terror. I'm Jennifer. I'm Emily. And this is a research silly podcast where we bring you spooky tales from science, history, and true crime.
1: Just to clarify, that's not research comma silly, that's research hyphen silly.
0: (laughs) It's like the Ministry of Silly Walks, but it's the Ministry of Silly Research. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, Jennifer, I have an interesting set of tales for you today. It's got everything. It's got weird coincidences. It's got unexplained activities. It's got spooky circumstances. And it's got two dudes with almost the same name. Does it have cheese? It does not have cheese. Well, then it doesn't have
1: everything, does it, Emily?
0: It does have a lot of alcohol and drugs. That's and still not theoretically, cheese. And theoretically, at either of those occurrences, either drinking a lot of alcohol or doing drugs, cheese could be involved. Can
1: we actually just say drinking a lot of cheese and doing a lot of cheese
0: yep. instead of that? From now on, from now on, that's what I will say. So, I just need to take a chip, sip of my cheese. Um <laughs> We are in this episode doing my annual unexplained disappearances. Um, is it and biannual? Like I... Oh, if it's twice a year, it is biennial. There we go. I guess it would be biennial. I meant annual in the sense of it happens once every season. But yeah, that would be about twice a year. So I'm sorry. Let me go back. So your seasonal episode. (laughs) My seasonal uh, unexplained disappearances of people. And this time I'm talking about two dudes. I don't know what else to call them. Um, dudes is basically the, um... They just seem like dudes uh, who have disappeared and their cases are similar in how they came about and also similar in how they end. And if it makes it any more weird and coincidental, their names are Brandon Swanson and Brandon Lawson.
1: Wow. They rhyme. Oh my gosh. They
0: rhyme. It's uh, the... A uh, case of too many Brandons. <laughs> Awsons. So. Brandon. Brandon-sons. Brandon-awsons? Brandon Brandon-awsons. The case of too many Brandon-awsons. Got it. Yep. Um, Agatha Christie is rolling over in her grave right now. She's uh. <laughs>
1: ashamed of us. So She's
0: ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> but she will not be ashamed of these mysteries, because they are juicy. Um, So, Brandon Swanson is going to be our first uh, missing Brandon Onsen. He was 19 at the time of his disappearance. Uh, He's 5'6 and 120 pounds. So, like, if he and I got in a fight, I might win just through sheer mass. (laughs) And I'm not a tall woman. (laughs) Like, he was very much a youth Yes, a lanky thing, a lanky thing. Yeah, um, it's 2008. It's May 14th. Um, Brandon is in Marshall, Minnesota, which is um, like has like 10,000, like less than 20,000 people. So it's absolutely small town. Um, he's celebrating the end of the semester. He goes to a community college, and this was like the end of their classes, and he so. This is really confusing to me because I grew up in like the West where everything is a thousand hours apart, but, um, he lives in Marshall. He's in, um, another town having some drinks. He goes to a town called Canby and there's another town, Lind and, um, one called, I think, Power. Did I make this up? Anyway, we'll get to whatever that other town is called later. So there's a lot of little towns, like, all kind of, like, 30 and 30 minutes or an hour apart from each other. So he's in one, he has a few drinks, around 10.30 or 11, he's going to a friend's house, and there's a lot of, like, every article mentions that people who were with him said he didn't seem drunk, he didn't seem disoriented, um, he had a shot of whiskey before he left this house because of course he's a teen that's what he does um he goes to a party in this town can and then about two hours later um he decides to leave to go home so as he's leaving for the night does a shot of whiskey um in this town that's like a thousand people like itty bitty houses basically uh and then he's gonna drive to his parents house where he lives which is about 30 miles away so this is around 12.31. As you might expect, he never makes it home. However, mm. this is not the end of the story. Uh, by 2 a.m., he's calling his parents and asks if they'll pick him up because his car is stuck in a ditch. And according to phone records, it looks like he called like people he was with and, and friends before he called his parents. Um, but his parents are like, yeah, sure, we'll pick you up and they're asking where he is, and there is a highway that runs from where he was to where his parents live, and there's never been any real explanation. This is, like, one of many mysteries in this case, but instead of taking that direct highway route, he was going through, like, back roads and woods, Um, and, like, I, when I lived in Idaho, there were highways, but, like, everything was sort of gritted out because it was farmland and you could go on like quote unquote, an old highway and avoid like an interstate. Um, and it kind of sounds like that's sort of what he was doing, um, which might be weird and might not. I mean, he's underage and he's drinking and that might be enough to avoid an interstate. I don't know. Regardless, his parents go, They're on the phone this whole time. It's 2008. Everybody's got cell phones. It's not, you know, the era of beepers or whatever. So he tells them where he is. He's like, I'm really close to this town, Lind. Um, And he had grown up in this area. He knew it really well. So he's like, I'm by Lind. uh, Come pick me up. And they're like, okay. So they go. They're on the phone the whole time. They're following his directions. At one point, they pause and they're like, we're going to flash our brights at you, like, on and off. Like, why can't you see me? Um, They can't figure out why they can't meet up with him. And um, they hear over the phone that he's also flashing his lights back, Mm. but neither of them is seeing anything. And I don't know anything about Minnesota's, like, landscape. But even if there were a lot of trees, if it's not a ton of light, and it doesn't seem like it is because all of these towns are tiny – like, someone flashing their brights on and off you would be like, oh, I can tell you're far away, but I can see you, right? In theory. So, in theory, yeah. So, neither of them can see anything, and at this point he's like, okay, you know what? I can see some lights. I know that that's this town of Lind, so I'm going to walk there, and you can pick me up in the parking lot of this tavern, because I'll just walk there, we'll be able to find each other. And his parents are like, Okay. Um, they're still on the phone as they're driving. His dad is on the phone. I've seen conflicting information about whether his mom is with his dad or not. Sometimes they say she's there the whole time. Sometimes they say, like, she was there at first and then he dropped her off. Um, at this point, it's about, they've been on the phone for at least 45 minutes. Um, Brandon is like, okay, I'm on a gravel road. I see some fences. I see some water. He's, like, narrating as he... Cuts across fields to get to this tavern in Lind. Shortly after 2:30, so this has been about half an hour, a little bit longer. Um, Brandon suddenly goes, says, "Oh shit!" and the connection is lost. His dad calls back, calls back, calls back, never gets an answer. Holy crap! Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> very frightening. Um, about four hours later at 6.30, his parents contact the police, and the police are sort of like, listen, he's a 19-year-old kid, like, he is allowed to go out and get drunk and, like, disappear. They don't really take it very seriously. Um, sometime during that day, however, his phone stops ringing and starts going directly to voicemail, which could mean the battery's dead. I'm assuming that's what it means. Um you know it could mean something different i'm not sure so by 1230 so noonish the next day police do start a search um they the search would eventually include aerial searches more than 500 volunteers including 34 dog handlers from nine different states um volunteers would search for 120 days which is 4 months um they would cover over 100 square miles, but the police would officially call the search off after six days. Jeez. Yeah. Very. The very next day, that same day that the search starts, they do find his car, but it's not near Lind, like Brandon thought. Um, it's 25 miles away. It's closer to this town called Porter. And even though he was seeing lights, um, they were saying that there were, like, structures, like, farm structures that had lights on the top and they thought he might have thought that was the city and that's what he was walking toward um he's his car was a Chevrolet Lumina sedan which I googled it to try and figure out how to explain what he was driving and like it's just a car like I stared at it for for a significant amount of time of like how do I describe (laughs) this and I'm like it's a car like it's a sedan i it's, it's nothing stands out about it. so it's just a car it's a sedan um so basically the car it's like um you know on a, country roads especially we'll do this where there'll be like the paved road and then there'll be a tiny shoulder and then like a shoulder that's like weeds or whatever and then that shoulder like slopes down into ditches it sounds like it was one of those setups, and the car was basically... It sounds like it was high-centered, so maybe he had like gone down in the ditch and ba- then back up or something. Um, one of the sheriffs said, quote, it was off the side of a field approach, and the vehicle was hung up. It's sort of a sharp incline, nothing major, but enough that the car would get hung up so the wheels are too high off the ground to get any traction. Damn. Yeah, Other than that, though, there was no damage to the car. There is nothing wrong with it. Um, And that is all that we know. Um, As of 2013, five years later, they're still getting tips, which brings the total tips of this disappearance up to 75. So in uh, five years, they only have gotten 75 tips. And as our good friend Wikipedia says, I love when they have dramatic little lines. I always have to read them out because normally it's so like dry quote. Brandon has not been seen or heard from since. Well then. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, And I will tell you a bit of a, uh, both of these mysteries have very small conclusions because What is there to conclude from? That is the evidence we have. That is what happened. Nothing has come of it. Um, But I will end with some theories about what might have happened and how that occurred. um, Instead of giving you an epilogue. I'm switching it up. Season four, mixing up the format. Making changes. Are you prepared? I'm ready. All right. So, uh, five years later, we're back in 2013. We are going to go to our second mystery, our second Brandon Lawson disappearance. This is Brandon Lawson. This is August 8th. He uh, is 26 years old. He's 5'9". He's 230. So, you know, he's grown. Um, Not a lanky thing. He's not a lanky thing, no. If he and I got in a fight, he would just, like, pick me up and be like, be quiet now. Um... (laughs) He lives in, uh, San Angelo, Texas, which I also looked up on Google maps to try and describe much like the car. And, um, it's like the dead center of Texas. It's the middle of nowhere. Um, it's like an hour and a half or two hours of highway driving South of Abilene. And that's pretty remote already. So, um, he is he is like at at least an hour away from any other town which is a little bit more of what i'm familiar with which is why minnesota and they're like this town is only 30 minutes away from this one i'm like what um well you know where i'm from their towns are like five minutes next to each other so i know i don't under like that blows (laughs) my mind very much so this brandon worked in the oil fields which is good fucking money but hard work brandon has a common law spouse slash girlfriend whose name is Ladessa Lofton, because we need another L name, right? We've got two already. Now we have another one. Sweet. Um, yeah, they've been together for 10 years. Did I say that this guy has four kids? He has four kids. By 26. Like, good gravy. Um, that's so many children. So, um, on right before midnight on August uh, 7th, it, him, Ladessa, and Brandon get in a fight, and he's like, I'm out of here. Like, fuck you, bitch. I'm going to Dwayne's. But instead of Dwayne's, he's going to his father's house, which is. Do you want to guess how far away it is? Five miles. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> how far? It's a three hour drive. <laughs> So he was very mad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, well that's a very Texas level drive, I guess. It is, but like it's almost midnight, you're getting in a fight, like you don't think I'm going to the like bar in town or my friend's house down the street. You're like, fuck you, I'm driving all the way to my father's.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, that's really the a really good way to express how angry you are is by the distance you're willing to drive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? You're like, <laughs> I'm just driving, and they're like, where are you going? And you're like, I don't know. You're like, oh, as far no, as fucking I'm ways really I can important. get. <laughs> yeah. Alaska.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs>
0: Sorry, right, I need
1: to order the $75 flowers this time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I This is gonna be a jewelry problem. Maybe. so That might be true. I Listen, I will say, I've never, I haven't seen anything in the literature that suggests it really was a nuclear fight. It sounds like it was just a fight, um, but still, I mean, three hours away is some determination. So um, I will say I've never seen any description of if what happens is on the route to his father's, but I'm assuming it is because it was pointed out that this is like the opposite direction. So he's going to his dad's. Um, about 45 minutes after he left, around 1230, Um, midnight, very similar leaving times to our other Brandon. He calls his brother to say, hey, I ran out of gas and I'm on the side of Highway 227. Can you come bring me gas? And prior to this call, he had been calling friends. He'd been calling his brother. He's talking. He's ranting. He's talking. Um, But this time he's like, you need to come help me. Um, He's four and a half miles south of Bronte, Texas, which I've driven across Texas and um, a lot of these "quote unquote" towns are like an exit, a gas station, and that's it. And this sounds kind of like what Bronte is. Um, later, a state trooper gets involved, and and I read an article that said that the uh, the call of a stranded motorist was pretty like common in that area. Um, so people running out of gas is not a big thing. Um, so. Brandon is driving um an F-150, which is a pretty big truck. Um it's a commonplace truck, um, but it will take up a whole parking spot easily. Um, so Brandon's brother Kyle, he has to like fart around and get stuff. Um he has his kid in the car for reasons that are um perplexing to me, but around 1250, 20 minutes later, um, while Kyle's not on his way, Brandon calls 911. And I listened to this call and I read a couple transcripts and, um, you can listen to it and hear what he says. Um, and I will read it to you unless Clint wants to find the audio file and put it in. Um, but this is what he says to 911 uh, before uh, he his brother gets there he says so 911 answers and he says yes i'm in the middle of a field a scraper just pushing guys over here right here going towards abilene on both sides my truck ran out of gas there's one car here and there's some interference got chased through the woods please hurry and 911 answers he goes okay now run that by me and then it's like cutting in and out um Brandon says we're not talking to him ran into him 911 emergency ah you ran into them okay Brandon just the first guy 911 emergency do you need an ambulance yeah no i need the cops 911 emergency is anyone hurt hello hello I yeah. will say, if you listen to this, it ha- he has a very thick southern, like, very Texas accent, which is kind of heartwarming. Um, I saw on Reddit um, someone saying that when he says escaper, which is exactly what it sounds like, um, they think it might be, like, a way of saying state trooper. Um, and... The prushing, again, it sounds like that. I've seen people say pushing or also pulling guys over. Um, So there's a little bit of, like, deciphering going on. Um, About, around one, about ten minutes after this phone call, um, a trucker who's driving past calls in to say that there's a, a truck. It's parked hazardously because it's, like, on the side of the road but it's not pulled over all the way and the end is over the white line so terrible parking job right if you saw that on the highway you'd be like oh my gosh that's dangerous Hmm. so because of this call um sheriffs are dispatched and our sheriff our chief deputy is going to be a guy we'll come back to guess what his name is
1: is it brandon
0: it's also Brandon. <laughs> I, I wanted the dramatic pause there. <laughs> yeah, his name is Brandon Neal. Um, because in this story, your name can only be Brandon or have an L in it. Um, So he goes there. Um, he's dispatched as a stranded motorist out of gas. He gets there, but there's nobody there. Um, and, you know, he f- hangs out, sees what's what, but he doesn't see anyone. So then he eventually, you know carries on with his life. Um, around while all this is going on, there's a lot of back and forth calls between Kyle and Brandon, um, after that first call. Um, but by one 30, probably, um, I'll say probably, um, the calls start going to voicemail. Um, according to Kyle and his girlfriend who's with him, Kyle is getting to where the truck is and Brandon on the phone says, uh, Hey, I'm just 10 minutes up the road. At another point, he says he's bleeding, and Kyle takes this to mean, like, a scrape and a fall, not like, I've been slashed by a cougar or something. Right. Um, Kyle spends about, and again, this is all according to Kyle, Kyle spends about 30, or 5 minutes driving back and forth, like, you know, going up and down looking for his brother who says he's just 10 minutes up the road. Um, but, uh, at some point, his kid is freaking out and crying, because... Probably it's like two in the morning and it's a child and he's like, okay, I have to go feed him. So he leaves, he goes back, he does whatever he has to do. And then around four or five in the morning, he goes back out to look for Brandon. And he says like, I was out there screaming and hollering. I was calling his name. Um, and nothing. Um, the next morning, because of the truck being, it, where it is um, around 8 30 the truck is towed when Brandon Neal our sheriff's deputy um, the next day he's looking around I guess it sounds like there are houses that are sort of seasonal or only partly occupied the next day he does spend some time seeing if one of those houses has been broken into as if the motorists like needed shelter he uses a thermal imaging camera later that day and there's nothing and this part of Texas is like flat scrub brush it's not woods um so theoretically if Brandon was nearby they would know um on the 13th five days later his boo uh ledessa reports him missing which does lead to an aerial search and uh neil is like he has this quote where he's like we could see corn sacks like it was it was during a drought And so there were there wasn't a lot of plants at all. And he was saying that like, just like feed bags, you know, like a burlap sack size thing. He was like, we could see that from the air. So if there was a body, even if it was dead, we would be able to see it. Um, There is never since then um, ever been any sign of Brandon. The only thing um, which Neil mentioned was there's a place under a tree Um, sort of where his truck was where it looks like somebody sat and this person would have been in view of the truck but no one ever saw Brandon there it just sort of looks like someone sitting there Um, and that is the last heard of him crazy so like I said those are the conclusions of those disappearances there's there's no epilogue to either of them Uh, with the exception of rampant speculation, which is very fun and enjoyable, and now that's how we're going to end this. All so, right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's just interesting theories. Like, these are both mysteries that lend themselves to sort of, like, armchair detectives who are like, well, what about this? What about that? Um, so, going back to Brandon Swanson, uh, 19-year-old disappeared in Minnesota, um, also some of the articles that i read i just have to say this um i found two articles about his disappearance that were written five years apart and they were by the same journalist her name is mary divine and she i guess has just been following this case which is very like heartwarming and precious um but anyway and divine thank you mary you are divine so uh on the Charlie Project, which, if you don't know it, is sort of like the database of information about missing persons. It's amazing. Um, Charlie Project and not many other places mention that Brandon Swanson was legally blind in his left eye. Uh, mm-hmm. However, he did, he did wear glasses. So theoretically, that means nothing. But it could also mean that, you know, maybe you're just prone to accidentally high center your car. Um Like I said earlier, there's no explanation of why he wasn't on the highway, which would have been faster. Um, we will, I will come back to that idea. Um, based on Brandon telling his dad, Brian, that he was passing some water, there's quite a lot of belief, especially from quote unquote authorities, that he fell into the Yellow Medicine River, which is in the area, um... And a couple places mentioned that at its deepest, it was 15 feet deep. Um, it's also spring. So, you know, any snowmelt is going to make a spring go faster. Um, it was... However, here's, here's the thing to sort of perhaps counter that. Um, the only time... I said there were a lot of dogs that were involved in this search. And dogs did pick up his scent once... And what they did was they led to the water edge, but then they also led out as if he kind of like fell in or something and then made it out to the other side. Um, I saw a couple places being like, what kind of oh shit was it? Like, there's a very different oh shit between like, oh shit, I stepped in dog poop and oh shit, like someone with a knife is dancing in front of me with a sign that says you're gonna die. Or like, oh shit, I started dropping my phone. Yeah, um, one of the things I said, said that, like, according to his dad, it sounded like he had slipped, so it was kind of like, oh, shit, I slipped, um, which suggests maybe that he, like, fell in the river, climbed back out, um, that night it got down to 39 degrees, um, that's not enough to kill you right out, but if you're soaking wet, Um, and maybe a skinny youth, um, you could start getting hypothermia. It's, it's possible. Um, I, so there is this theory that maybe he fell in the water and drowned. Um, another is that he fell in the water, climbed back out, but like essentially succumbed to the elements. Um, Apparently, at some point, search dogs did pick up the scent of human remains north of Porter, which was the the town that he was actually close to. Um, But nothing's ever been found. So they they ping on the idea of, um, like, human cadaver, but they don't find any evidence of it. The police do not ever suspect any foul play in this. They they think, yeah, it, it was an accident. Um... An interesting theory, and this comes from a host of um, Thinking Sideways, which is a podcast that I mentioned before and where I first heard this. Um, and this there, this host, Joe, uh, recorded a bit to play on The Trail When Cold, which is also, of course, a podcast I've mentioned a lot. Um, but he has this theory that he came up with sort of after the fact, where he says um, – you know, one of the things that makes this really puzzling is that Brandon wasn't where he said he was, um, you know, he was driving away that didn't make sense. And it's sort of, I, th- I think I've mentioned this before, where like, when people disappear, that's creepy, but it's even creepier when their behavior right before they disappear is a mystery. And it's hard because like, we all do random things, you know, maybe we always take our lunch to work and then one day we don't. And it doesn't mean anything, but if we disappeared that day, you know, everything goes under a microscope. So is this one of those things that's just totally mundane and he just felt like driving this way? Or is it like there was a real reason? Um, But so Joe, from Thinking Sideways, his theory, he said is like, what if Brandon, like, wasn't alone? Like, what if there was, like, a serial killer or a threatening person in the car with him who's like, you're going to do this. And Brandon's like, okay, okay. And he drives the wrong way on purpose and is giving the wrong directions on purpose as a way to, like, sort of misdirect people. Um, it's an interesting idea. Like, it's, it's a weird one, but it would kind of, I guess, explain why he thought he was somewhere completely different in a place he grew up in.
1: Yeah. Another is, one that... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, also, like, it's easy to get turned around in the dark. And, like, he's a kid, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's... Um... It is easy to... Like, miss an exit... And then be further than you think you are. And, like, oh, I'm right by, you know, this town, but you've missed that exit, you're actually a little bit further. Like, I, yeah, that's possible. Um... Another one that I saw on Reddit that I liked even more was, um, like, uh, his parents have always said, like I said, when he left the party, everyone was like, he wasn't drunk. And his parents have said he seemed rational, he seemed normal, he wasn't acting weird. Um, And one thing I saw on Reddit said, well, maybe he didn't have enough sleep. Um, That lack of sleep can make you really disoriented. Um, but you wouldn't be slurring, you wouldn't be saying weird stuff. You'd just be a little yeah. turned around. And especially when you're 19, you're like, if I get one less hour of sleep, I feel it, right? <laughs> I'm in my thirties. I'm, <laughs> I feel death when I don't get enough sleep. <laughs> but when you're 19, it would be really easy to like, yeah, be cramming all semester, go out partying at the end of the semester and just be a little sleep deprived, a little tired. And like you said, get turned around. Yeah. 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 Um when I get turned around all the time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and then like if you thought you were somewhere else, like you lost track of how far you'd gone and you're going straight and you slightly miss a, a curve and you get your car high centered, okay, there you go. Um his parents, uh Brian and Annette, said that they turned the porch light on that night of his disappearance, and since he's never been found. Um, he, they continue to leave the porch light on. Um, this is one of the, I'm just going to read a quote, um, from one of our Mary Divine articles, um, that was written a month after his disappearance. Quote, Annette Swanson said she clings to a thread of hope that Brandon is alive. I do still hope, she said. There are times when I think maybe I don't, and then all of a sudden somebody says something and I'll think but he could still be out there. Sometimes I surprise myself with it. But she has stopped searching. I just can't be the one who should come across him, she said. That's not how I want to remember him.
1: Well, that's fair.
0: Yeah, and really sad. In 2008, um, which is the same year, I guess, that he disappeared, um, they were able to get a law in Minnesota passed um, called Brandon's Law, and what it requires is that police begin, a a missing, like if they, if someone under 21 is listed, an adult under 21 is reported missing, um, or any adult, I don't know why I'm saying it this way. If an adult is reported missing, that the police begin investigating it right away. Um, so this is, um, a law now that they can't just be like, well, they're an adult, call us back later. Of course. Right, and this is all we know of Brandon Swanson. Um, He was last seen wearing a white t-shirt under a blue striped polo sweatshirt. He had baggy blue jeans in 2008. Honey. Um, A black hooded zip-up jacket. It says, quote, with an emblem on the back. I don't know what that means. Um, A flat-billed Minnesota Twins baseball cap twisted to the side. White sneakers, a heavy sterling silver necklace, and one stud earring in each ear.
1: This feels like a very specific style from a very uh, specific time period.
0: Yeah, he is—he is really leaning into that like rapper, white person, uh, Eminem vibe, if you will. Uh, so. I mean, how embarrassing to die at the height of your teenage fashion, or disappear at the height of your teenage fashion. I
1: was thinking more, like, 1990s, like, that whole gear plus visor. Yeah. Like, the early Justin Timberlake look.
0: Yeah, it is very, like, when quote-unquote hip-hop was a thing, but it was, like, pop stars being quote-unquote hip-hop. Um, so poor Brandon Lawson, number one. Um, Brandon Lawson, number two, um, our 26-year-old oil field worker whose F-150 was just on the side of the highway. Um, first off, he had an outstanding warrant for, um, felony possession of cheese with intent to deliver. So, (laughs) It's possible one of the theories is that he was nearby when the our other our third Brandon state trooper Brandon Neal showed up, but he hid because he didn't want to get busted for his warrant. Which, I mean, okay, fair. Um, Neal's theory, our our third Brandon, his theory is that he did hide and then he hitchhiked back to the road, or he walked back to the road. He hitchhiked and got gone, either on purpose or through nefarious means. Um, Brandon had uh, his cell phone, his keys, his wallet, that sort of stuff with him, and none of that has ever been found. Uh, before he left, and this is an interesting one that some people have said, well, maybe he disappeared on purpose. Uh, before he left, Lawson cashed out his 401k at the company where he worked. Um, his girlfriend... Wait a minute. Weird. Anyway, um, his girlfriend, whose name is either Ladessa or Brandy. I just realized I have two names in here. I'm going to say it's Brandy Ladessa Lawson, but I don't know. Anyway, um, his girlfriend said, like, yeah, I knew that he was cashing out his 401k, but I don't know if, if he ever got the money or not. And I actually haven't seen if he did get the money or not, or if he just initiated the process. So who knows? Um, he, his second, his paycheck, his next paycheck right after this was direct deposit, but never was drawn out. So, I mean, take that as what you will if he disappeared on purpose or not. Um, his family thinks that, uh, it was murder or they at least wonder if someone else was out there. Um. Kyle said that in one of his conversations with Brandon, because Brandon was calling him back and forth all the time. um, And I'll just read this quote from um, the true crime files. Uh, Or no, this is not from true crime files. This is from. uh, Now I'm losing my place and my mind. Um, It's from go San Angelo. It's a, a local news story. Um, so, uh, quote, so this is, I'm reading from this article, and then also this is what Kyle is saying. Three expletives are chasing me out of of town, Brandon told his brother. When Brandon said it was, quote, the Mexicans in the neighborhood, unquote, Kyle asked if he was tripping, if it was drugs causing him to hallucinate, but Brandon denied it was all in his head, end quote. There's a lot of talk on like Reddit about it being like a methy situation. Um, like the paranoia and the weird activity does sound kind of methy, but I haven't seen any official sources that like his possession with intent to deliver was meth. I haven't seen anything that said he was on it that's official. Like it's just speculation that he was on meth and freaked out and wandered away and and died of the elements or he was on meth and got into it with someone or whatever. Um, like I said, there was a drought, so there wasn't a lot of water. It was hot. It was dry. Um, but yeah, his body or possessions have never been found. Um, I will say bringing up Reddit one more time, one of my absolute favorite things I have ever seen. It's the most Southern thing ever. It's borderline plausible and I love it. Um, So this person said, okay, well, if he was a felon um, or he had charges, he probably couldn't possess a gun um, or maybe he had one, but whatever. Maybe he had a gun, maybe he didn't. But um, if he didn't have a gun... He could have, and he's out in, you know, middle of nowhere, Texas, he could have run into a pack of wild hogs, which he either fired at or didn't have the ability to fire at, and they chased him, hence his call to 911. Um, And, I mean, wild hogs will fuck you up, they'll kill you, they'll eat you um and that was this person's theory it was like what if while he ran into wild hogs who chased him and then eventually caught him and ate him all up <laughs> <sighs>
1: Hmm,
0: it's gruesome uh, but i giggle because it's the most southern thing ever to be like goddamn wild hogs did it
1: i mean yes but i'm also thinking like i don't i'm not confident that the wild hogs would Like, they're not stupid. They're not going to hang out by the road.
0: Yeah, I think that theory only works if you assume that he started walking away from the road to, like, hide from the state trooper. And even then, if he did that, it would have been super easy to get disoriented and think you're going back to the road and you're not at all. That's true. So it would have been easy to wander away. Especially, again, it's the middle of the night. It's dark. If there's not a lot of cars driving by, there's not a lot of lights It would be super easy to get lost.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, especially, like, Texas, a lot of Texas is flat and doesn't have Mm -hmm. a great deal of distinguishing landscapes. Yeah, like You're gonna come across a bunch of giant trees and uh, a mountain somewhere, like, where he's at, it's a lot of brush.
0: Yeah, and- I can't remember if I've said this before on the podcast or not, um, but we we think, and this becomes really important if you're, like, in forest or something, you think you're walking in a straight line, but without something to guide you, you will tend to drift towards your dominant side. Um, so you could test this out. Like, walk across your living room with your eyes closed in what you think is a straight line. And you'll see that you tend to drift to like, if you're right-handed, you'll tend to drift to the right. If you're left-handed, you'll tend to drift to the left. Um And what so. What if you're both,
1: then do you stay in the center?
0: <laughs> or you zigzag back and forth? <laughs> I don't know. You're ambidextrous. So you have to test this out. Um But so it would be really easy to like, Go, okay i'm just going to walk away from the highway for 10 minutes to make sure the cop doesn't get me and you're going straight or what you think is straight and then you are actually drifting in a weird circle so it would be really easy to be like okay i'm going to i'm going to walk for like 10 minutes straight or what you think is straight away from the highway so the cop doesn't get you but you're really leaning to one side and then when you decide to walk back again you just turn around and go this is a straight shot back but it's not you're curving and you're also not going in the right direction so it would be very easy to get lost um i
1: it's think it's sort of like what happens when you're swimming in the ocean and you think uh-huh. you're swimming straight in front of where your stuff is and then yeah. you're like playing around in the water and you turn around and you're like way on
0: the other side and you're like ah shit <laughs> that's that's exactly what that is you think you're walking in a straight line but you're really drifting it's exactly like when you're swimming um i will just say at the time of his disappearance um again really strong tutorial choices um our second brandon was wearing a yellow shirt camouflage print shorts and white 2013 air max shoes sick and totally apparently, sick. looking at pictures of him on Charlie Project, it looked like he also had both of his ears pierced.
1: Oh. Well, that's a interesting detail. I know, right? A shared detail.
0: And that's it. I will say, I have a theory that could possibly explain both of these things. Is it aliens? Yes. <laughs> no. Actually, we've never done an alien episode, have we? nope nope not once um so i don't know about minnesota but certainly in texas it's i grew up it could be like where i grew up i grew up in nevada in rural nevada um and nevada and a lot of the west um was settled during various silver rushes and gold rushes and mining rushes um and so when i was growing up like when i was a child in elementary school like six to seven to eight um They would say, if you ever come across an abandoned mine shaft, like, absolutely stay away. Like, turn around and go the other way. Um, And mine shafts are holes in the ground that go straight down. Like, the way that you would get into that or get out of it would be, like, on a pulley bucket system. Um, There's also, like, declines where it's, like, a hole and you, like, walk down like a cave. Um, But they said if you ever see anything like that, you absolutely don't go near it because people will go to explore and get disoriented and die or they fall in there. If you can cuss, you can't get out. Um, If people are searching for you, they would not be able to find you. Um, And so thinking about that makes me think that both of these Brandons could have died of elements or just been either on drugs or you know fallen in a river, gotten out, getting hypothermia. They could have just gotten disoriented. Just the smallest amount of weirdness where they fall in the dark and they either get concussed or they can't get out for whatever reason. And it didn't even it wouldn't even have to be a big hole, right? Just a sort of divot in the ground or part of a cave or some ditch that is not a man-made mappable ditch, just a weird ditch in the land. And if you're dehydrated or hypothermic or just weird, if you fall and can't get out, you could die there. And then maybe that's why they can't find your body.
1: I mean, that's not impossible. So I do know.
0: It's like, it's like that, excuse me it's like that history channel meme with that guy who says aliens but it's me and i'm just saying holes in the ground (laughs) (laughs) and we need
1: to make that meme now um (laughs) i need you to find out that would have been very applicable to our last episode, so I need you to find- we need to find a way to work that in now, every episode. Holes in Here's the ground. Here's my theory. Holes in the ground.
0: I mean, it really does explain a lot of uh, things that we talk about in this podcast.
1: So, when we're talking about creepy cheese, by the way, holes in the ground. That's uh, yeah. Well,
0: they do, they do put the cheese <laughs> in, in a the dark
1: hole in the ground, yeah. <laughs> So, what I do know about, um, Minnesota mining, the little that I do, is that, like, so the central and northern parts of Minnesota, I think, have, like, a lot of granite mining. Okay. And that's a different type of mining strategy than, like, uh, other types of mineral
0: yeah, Morning. you'd have more of like a well, and I mean, but even like,
1: but hold on. It's either the southeastern or the southwestern part of Minnesota. Um, I'm gonna guess southeastern. Uh, I think that's where mountainous things are. But, um, anyways, I one of those south something areas.
0: They 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 did a while ago have iron mining so so interestingly so this area we're talking about is southwestern texas or minnesota minneapolis yeah minnesota southwestern minnesota um Mm -hmm. i mean but even granite mining would have been you would have had like a quarry and i could see quarries having like multiple weird holes or even like a mini quarry like some weird prospector dug around in the ground for a while didn't find anything and just left like you know not all quarries become giant man-made lakes or whatever um and it, it wouldn't even have to be a man-made mine it would just be holes in the ground
1: <laughs> yeah that's fair it could just uh should have Maybe I'm misremembering this about Minnesota. I know that they had iron mining somewhere in that fucking state, but, I mean, like, the 8th grade has come and gone, and I don't remember, to be honest, so nobody can quote me on that. I'm telling you now, I don't fucking remember.
0: Well, I mean, you got a better education than I did, because the only thing I ever learned in K-12 was about... The 13 original colonies or my particular state. So you're already ahead of me. I'm not sure that that's what happened, but (laughs) (laughs) you're like, I might have dreamt
1: this. (laughs) Well, no, I was just, I mean, I was always like super into geology and I did lots of like weird projects related to that, especially like the eighth grade and uh like 7th 8th ninth grade i was like doing a shit ton of like earth science projects fair fair so there you go anyways not important and also, also very zero boring. surprise about you i know. <laughs> it's like the details of my life As I reveal them, make me hate myself more. It's like, what kind of things are is Jennifer into? Well, it's like, well, I like writing paper and uh, rocks. Yep, (laughs) Um, cleaning and organization, Um, being OCD about, um, you know, checking to make sure that doors are locked and things are in their place. And cleaning your house, cleaning my house. I have to do something with the abundance of nervous energy that lives within inside of myself
0: (laughs) well you have a theme for our weekly craft challenge it is geometric yes so you have that to look forward to and and all of us who love you um that you can think about as you're scrubbing your grout
1: you know, you say that, but I did clean the grout in the mudroom <laughs> this weekend.
0: I specifically said that because I was thinking, what is something I would never do that Jennifer probably does regularly? <laughs> I don't, I don't clean my
1: grout regularly, but I did clean that because that's where the cat litter boxes live. So. Yeah, I mean, oh, you got it then. But I have one question about our craft theme. Mm-hmm. Um, can you? Are you leaving a loose interpretation of geometric, or do you have a specific definition of geometric?
0: I I think you should follow your bliss with what this theme means to you. Okay. I've already got an idea. I'm ready. Excellent. Um. Well, on that note, goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint. Intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Ask nicely and we'll probably send you a really cute sticker. If you like this podcast, tell a friend or write a review. It really helps us and helps more people find us. Goodbye forever. jennifer dave's not here dave's not here oh (laughs) i was like wait what the fuck (laughs) how's it going today or all days
1: you know it's it's a normal day working from my house avoiding the plague staying hydrated petting cats I,
0: i am staying hydrated by drinking a beer at this exact moment I have, I
1: have no beer in the house.
0: Well, listen, you live in Austin, and uh, one time when I was visiting you, I heard a radio spot that there was a company that would deliver beer and alcohol to your house, and this was well before the corona situation, so uh, fun fact, I guarantee you could get liquor delivered. Fun fact, the precise
1: location that I live at it's actually really hard to get deliveries but on top of that most people who are ordering groceries and alcohol are having to wait several weeks for those deliveries
0: oh my god why do you live there
1: Um, there there are so many people ordering deliveries right now that uh, a lot of the uh, companies that offer delivery are allocating oh, like, totally slots. up yep so that's it yeah. like if you don't get that time slot when they release the new time slot, you're not getting any deliveries.
0: Wow, that's bonkers. So, I will say one of my favorite bars, uh, where I live, it's called uh, Brooklyn's on Boulder. It's, um, a tap room for a gin distillery, and their tap room is like speakeasy theme, but they make amazing cocktails, and the bartenders are like really friendly, and it's just delightful. But they're doing, um, to-go cocktails, and you can go and, like, pick up one cocktail or, like, I don't know, like a milk jug's worth of mixed cocktail that they make, and so I'm gonna be doing that pretty soon here. Partly because I'm like, what do they put these things in? (laughs) Like, I want the cocktail as much as I want to know what their to-go containers are. That's fair. Um, I hope that it's just like
1: a giant i don't know like a giant vodka bottle or something
0: yeah i'm kind of thinking the big ones might just be because they also bottle their own gin so it might just be like a labelless bottle that they have but the single the single cocktails i'm like that could be anything it's colorado It could be a mason jar oh that would be good Actually, there was a brewery, they're right down the street, and they were doing, like, growlers, growl- uh, those, like, giant cans that they fill up, and um, the breweries haven't been able, like, if you bring a, a glass growler in, they won't fill it up, um, but this one must have ran out of, like, the glass ones to sell and the the cans, and they were like, we're only filling up this size of mason jar, like, if you bring... This size of mason jar, you can buy beer from us. Otherwise we can't give it to you anymore. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so people have definitely been making use of uh breweries and restaurants. Brew I think the breweries that have food are considered essential, but uh yeah, it's been it's been pretty great. Well uh
1: then next grocery trip, I'm thinking maybe I'll get some stuff for mead making because I have um, A couple recipes I want to try.
0: Yeah, send some meat to me. Use FedEx. They'll ship liquids.
1: Oh, but I have to go to a FedEx
0: location. (sighs) Lame. I... We are recording this um, in April. It will come out several months. Two months after April. June. Is that... Is June two months after April? Oh my gosh. But anyway, uh, it's going to be very weird if coronavirus is, like, absolutely gone and we're, like, talking about being at our houses and people are like, wow, this is not relatable at all anymore. This is dated. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, that did not age well. Although the likelihood is that by next fall we will be revisiting this. So, anyway, enough of our sad uh, circumstances